1: That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Go to puretalk.com slash jesse to make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash jesse. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are
0: This is The Jesse Kelly Show.
1: Rest easy. It is the sultry voice of me, Jesse Kelly, the Shogun, here on The Jesse Kelly Show. I am back from a brief, brief day off on Friday. It's going to be a sweet day today. We're going to talk about a show trial, murder, torture, all the spicy stuff to brighten up your Monday. What, Chris? (laughs) We have uh, Kamala Harris's book being given to illegal immigrants. We have some legend of a Russian school kid. We really need to get this kid on the show, Chris. We have the great Michael Malice coming up next hour, 877-377-4373, Jesse at com. And as promised, I couldn't tell you beforehand, but I can tell you now, I will tell you where I was on Friday. I told you I had something I had to go do, it was secret, I will reveal said secret An hour from now on the show, when I say an hour from now, just know that I'm not holding myself to that at all, because this is going to be a tough history story to get through in an hour, especially as distracted as I get, especially as applicable to today as this story, sadly, is going to be. Where are we going? We're going to the Soviet Union. Stalin's Soviet Union. Now, let's do a brief build up until we get to our current or well, our story we're going to actually talk about today. And our story we're going to talk about today is something you've probably heard of before, Lord willing you have, maybe don't know that much about. It's called the Great Terror or the Great Purge. And boy, both of those things are extremely applicable and I would highly, highly recommend if it interests you at all to dig into it. I, I try to I try to make sure I tell you this whenever I do a history story that has a bunch of good stuff in it. I, I we do a bunch of really interesting topics. And me trying to hammer all of one or all of the interesting things about one in the course of an hour, you know, the first hour of the show every day, give or take a little, is a history segment. Me trying to hit all the cool stuff about it in an hour is impossible. Some of them it's possible, some of them it's just a short little story and I really I gave you most of it. I'm not going to give you most of the Great Purge. I I I'm going to try to encompass 25% of it as I can and even then I can't even give you I'm not even going to tell you I'm just going to hit the high points. I'm going to give you the 30,000-foot view, what it looked like from the ground briefly, but there is so much to this. We're going to talk about the arrest of 1.5 million people. 6% of Russia's population was arrested. 6%! You realize that's 16, 17 million Americans? If they were arrested, think about that. 16 to 17 million million Americans arrested over a period of three years, and half of them lined up against the wall and shot in the back of the head. Can you, just the thought of that, so like I said, it's so big and so widespread and so terrible, I can't give you every detail, and it is extremely interesting. So let's dig in first, Stalin. I'm not going to do a Stalin biopic here, but... Remember, Stalin was horribly abused as a child by his father. If you notice as you see video, which you undoubtedly have in pictures of Stalin, how one arm never moves. It's almost always in his pocket. That's because that arm wasn't really that functional thanks to one of the severe beatings Stalin got from his father. So there, there's a little water cooler stuff for you. His father also beat his mom, too. It was just, he had a rough upbringing. Stalin was born in Georgia. He was not born in Russia. He was born in Georgia. Yes, the the Georgia over there, Chris. Anyway, as he's an up-and-comer, Stalin, unlike a lot of these other guys who turn out to be dictators, Stalin is just a violent man. From a very, very early age. Get this. Before he was this horrible dictator who killed millions, Stalin was an assassin for the communists. And I don't mean ordering. I mean, he would go do it. Stalin was a bank robber. Yes, a big-time bank robber. Stalin was a criminal, a full-out thug. That's just what he did. He, I, I mean, I, I, this is going to sound really, really bad, but honestly... I almost give him credit for at least putting his money where his mouth is. Somebody like Mao? Mao didn't want to get his hands dirty. Mao loved torture. He was infamous for loving torture. Remember the knee-breaking, how terrible that was? Ooh, I know, I, I'm cringing too. But Mao loved torture, except he never wanted to actually do it. He just wanted to sit and watch. Just wanted to watch. it. Oh, that's not for me. Stalin, Stalin's all in on all that. Oh, no, Stalin will kill you, personally. That's who Stalin was. And he was Lenin as as the, they had the communist revolution in Russia and Lenin takes over and Stalin and Trotsky were really Lenin's two right-hand men and Stalin and Trotsky disliked each other a lot. And that'll actually come into play for our story here. But Lenin, Lenin starts having strokes. Lenin can see his health going downhill And he is warning people, uh, when I'm gone, do not, do not let Stalin take over. Trust me, you don't want to let Stalin take over. This is Lenin. Lenin was a murderous thug piece of crap, too. And Lenin's telling you, uh, this guy is really, really bad. Don't let him take over. Make sure Trotsky takes over. Don't let Stalin take over. Well, Stalin, on top of being a murderous thug, Stalin was a crafty devil, and immediately, because he was such a high-ranking member in the party, in the Communist Party at the time, he immediately starts consolidating power by having people removed from committees who are against him and putting his friends in place. By the time Lenin dies, Stalin is simply primed to walk right in. Trotsky does not have the juice to pull that off. So Stalin takes over promptly puts into place what he calls a five-year plan. This five-year plan was a plan to modernize the Soviet Union. He felt the Soviet Union was behind industrial-wise, and he was most definitely right, and he thought they needed to do things better, faster, more efficient. We need to do this. And so in order to do this, we're going to have the government take over everything. And I don't have to explain to you exactly how that went. They begin the process of mass collectivization. That included farms. We talked about the kulaks briefly last week. Let's go ahead and dwell on that for a moment. Kulaks were, air fingers quote, wealthy peasants. People who owned land or owned a significant amount of land where a lot of the agriculture was done. Crops, animals, so on and so forth. Well, Stalin... Unlike Lenin, Lenin actually allowed a lot of private ownership. Stalin was not about that life. Stalin said, no, 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 no. It all belongs to me now. And the Kulaks, the Kulaks, because you need to think of the Kulaks as this. Every time I use the word Kulak today, know that that's you. That's the middle class. The Kulaks were the middle class. Not super wealthy, not not dirt poor, the middle class. And the communists always 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 then and now have to destroy the middle class the middle class is the enemy of the communists not the rich people the rich people as you see now almost always will just side with the communists so they can keep their money in power the poor people will go with the communists because they believe there's going to be a handout the middle class is the enemy of the communists so how did that go We'll go over that in a moment. And Michael Malice in an hour. Hang on.
0: This is the Jesse Kelly show.
1: Like a stain on your brain, you can't get out. I love to dip tobacco. I'm I'm not even going to tell you I loved it. I love it. To this day. I still think about having one. That's how much I love it. And when you're like that, when you dip for as long as I dipped, you really need actual help to quit. You don't need a patch or bubble gum. You actually don't. You don't need to be nagged at. You need real help. And real help is Jake's mint chew because it allows you to have a dip in only one that's not bad for you. Jake's Mint Chew doesn't have nicotine. It doesn't have tobacco. It doesn't even have sugar. They even have CBD pouches on top of all their long-cut flavors that really helps take that edge off when you're trying to quit. Go. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Use the code JESSE at checkout. That's J-E-S-S-E for 20% off. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. You're welcome. I,
0: I, 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 I am deeply
1: bandido. Yeah, yeah. I like fritos corn chips. I love them. I do. I want fritos corn chips. I'll get them from you. What, Chris? What? It is the Jesse Kelly show. Eight seven seven three seven seven four three seven three. 377 4373 Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. When you email me this many times yelling at me that a, that I have Put a song in your head you couldn't get out. You should know by now that I'm a terrible person and that only gives me encouragement. Yes, the Frito Bandito song was from our Thursday show. Someone emailed in, we played it for the first time ever on the show. I'd never heard it before, and it, it will now be on the show forever. It's my understanding they discontinued it in 1971 or something. Can you imagine if they'd put that show, tried to put that commercial out today, Chris? <laughs> all right, before we get to all the politics and Kamala Harris and disaster We're going to continue on with our story about Stalin's great purge or the great terror, although we're not quite there yet. We're currently in Stalin's five-year plan. He just took over. Mass collectivization. People are now starting to starve. The kulaks, the middle class, you, they are the landowners who do all the agriculture work. They, to their credit, I love these people. I love these people. They rebel almost immediately. One, not only are they landowners, they're gun owners. They start shooting the NKVD agents who show up trying to force them to do things. Then they start shooting their own livestock rather than giving it to the communists. How awesome are these people? (laughs) Now Stalin... (coughs) He's not exactly one to take that kind of thing lying down. Eventually, they all are either shot on the spot or hauled off to gulags, which we will get to gulags in a little bit more detail later on. People use that word gulag a lot. I'm going to explain to you exactly what a gulag was in general. They're not good. So as you can imagine, I know you're going to find this shocking, but the massive government takeover of agriculture, of really everything, did not result in more stuff. It actually resulted in a massive loss of production. I know that's shocking, but then and now, the communists don't ever survey the disastrous policies of theirs and blame themselves. It's not part of the communist religion. It simply is a self-reflection, self-assessment, The communist is incapable of such things. They're simply not able to do it. Stalin looks around at the massive food loss numbers. People are starving to death. Stalin thinks, you know what? They have the food I want. They're holding out. So he starts arresting more people, sending more people to gulags, then taking industrial workers from the city and sending them out to the farms and ordering them to farm. And these people have no idea how to farm. He's then doing things like taking the seed corn. Farmers will have things like seed corn. That's what you're going to plant the next year to make sure you have a crop. Yeah, he sends the government agents in to confiscate the seed corn, which means they don't produce anything the next year, which makes him think they're holding out even more. I know you have crops, and they're saying, I don't have crops, you took all the seed corn, and then they get arrested too. It's just the worst, and this isn't even close to being how bad it's going to get. And when I say NKVD, I'm going to bring that up a couple times today. Just know that's the KGB, before it was called the KGB. That's the Soviet secret police kind of guy who pulls you off the street, takes you to a prison cell, pulls all your fingernails out and kills you and your whole family. That's the NKVD. And so when you have this kind of mass disaster inevitably inside of your country, people are going to start getting upset. When you have this kind of death, misery spread around, you're going to have people looking at you as the leader and blaming you as they should have. And plots do begin against Stalin, assassination plots, removal plots, people who want things changed, people who want him to do different things. And Stalin is a naturally murderous, naturally paranoid human being anyway. He doesn't need many of these reports about assassination plots to convince him. Okay, we're going to have to do a little house cleaning here. And when Stalin decides he's going to do a little house cleaning, what he's going to do is this. He's simply going to make sure that anybody who could possibly oppose him, not is opposing him, anybody who could even possibly oppose him is either shot or imprisoned or oftentimes both. Thus, this brings us to 1936 and the beginning of the Great Terror or the Great Purge. I still can't figure out which name I want to use for it. It's called both. Probably going to go with the Great Terror because I think it becomes more applicable. Let's go to it now and figure out what that is. Now, there had been purges before when Stalin took over, but the purges usually took this kind of form. It was more of a stern talking to and a firing than anything else. Oh, this guy, this guy wants to take over the party. This guy wants to kick me out. I'm Joseph Stalin. You know what? I'm not going to handle that. I'll tell you what we're going to do. Put out some negative stories of him in the newspaper. And they would put out all kinds of negative stories, the worst stuff you can imagine. Uh, he's a pedophile. Put that in the newspaper. He's a pedophile. Oh, good. Now everyone thinks he's a pedophile. Now, have him removed from the Communist Party and fired. Oh, he's still making trouble? Okay, have him exiled. That was more like Trotsky had already been exiled. That was more what the purge was before. Don't get me wrong. People did die. People were assassinated and things like that. But for the most part, that was a purge. But communists only ramp up. They don't ramp down. This purge is going to be very, very, very different. So where is he going with this first? First place he's going with his purge is the government and the intellectuals. He wants other people within the Soviet system, within the Soviet governmental system who can challenge him. He wants them killed. And so they start something called the Moscow trials. And there are several Moscow trials. There's not just one Moscow trial. There's the first and second, third and so on and so forth. And It's not enough. This is almost makes things worse. It's not enough that they simply kill you. That that he's about to do a lot of. It's that he has to completely destroy everything you love first. Your reputation, your family, everything. And how it would work is you take this guy. And remember, I'm not going to give you names because there are a bunch of Russian names and your eyes are going to glaze over and you're not going to remember anything anyway. But a lot of these guys are... Close personal friends of Stalin, people who have never wronged him, who have helped him rise to power, people who he has professed undying love to in the past and who have professed it back to him. Instead, what do you get? What do you get for all that? You get a knock on the door in the middle of the night. You open up that door. And what's staring you in the face? NKVD agents who promptly snatch you up and drag you over to a truck, chuck you in the back of it, blindfold you often. Sometimes not. Sometimes they blindfold you. Sometimes the truck is all closed in, and they're hauling you down to an interrogation center. This is where you're going to be before your trial. How does the interrogation go? Well, There's a reason they call them show trials. You want to know how the interrogation went? Buckle up.
0: A message brought to you by Nitsa and the Ad Council.
1: It is the Jesse Kelly Show. You can find me on social media at Jesse Kelly DC on Twitter, on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm also on Locals. That's the one I can't be kicked off of. 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessikellyshow.com. Email me your love, your hate, your death threats. And yes, you can go ahead and start sending in your Ask Dr. Jesse questions for Friday. I'll answer them throughout the week. We have Michael Malice coming up about an hour from now. We have... George Floyd Square has seen an uptick in crime. Man, that is so weird. We'll talk about that here in just a little bit. But first, we're talking about Stalin's great terror. The show trial. You show up at somebody's house. You send the NKVD to a good friend of yours house in the middle of the night because he could potentially be an opponent. You drag him to an interrogation center. You then place a confession in front of him where you demand that he admit he is part of the Trotsky traitor class or that he's trying to bring back capitalism to the Soviet Union, which was a uh, an offense punishable by death. You demand he signs something saying he hates his own country. And one of the funniest parts, I mean it's not funny, it's absolutely terrible, but I, it is almost, in a, in a way, hilarious. These confessions, they make them sign. Almost always, they include something awesome about Stalin. It's almost, and I'm not even making this up, I'm paraphrasing. It's, well, I admit I am a huge traitor because Stalin was so awesome and everything worked so perfectly that I didn't like that and I'm a selfish person who wanted to take power from this perfect person, Stalin. It's, it's They read like this, it's... It's it's so over the top. It's almost too on the nose. It's it's like, okay, what? Wait, that doesn't that doesn't sound right. But maybe you're thinking to yourself, "Well, I wouldn't sign it." I'm not going to sign a confession like that, especially if I think there's a good chance I'm going to be shot. Okay, well, that's fine. You don't want to sign it, I understand. I understand. Now, Yes, sometimes they would do the standard thing that you would think about. They would hook a car battery up to your lower extremities and make sure you felt some pain. Knock out your teeth, pull your fingernails out, things like that. But here's the here's the thing. Oftentimes, especially with the high-ranking people, they didn't want to do those things. Why? Well, remember, you have a show trial coming up. They need the public to hate you, too and they can't have you showing up at the show trial missing limbs and fingernails and teeth. You can't show up beaten to a bloody pulp. So they have other methods. What are those methods? They'll throw you in a cell that's way too hot. They'll take you out of that cell that's way too hot and throw you in a cell that's way too cold. They won't let you sleep. They'll come in every half hour and wake you up. Uh, sleep deprivation is one of the top forms of psychological torture that is commonly used because mentally you simply will break down after enough time. It's not, it's not possible to keep holding out. So now you're hot, you're cold, you're, you're, you can't sleep. They're starving you. And then tell me, this isn't the most sadistic thing you've ever heard in your life. You're starving, right? I mean, absolutely starving. They haven't fed you in two day, two days, three days. They bring in some of the most delicious food in the world for you in just a tiny 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 portion they give you one little bite of it and then take the rest of it away that psychologically will snap somebody into but let's say you're extremely strong-willed it's none of this is working you're holding out oh okay all right well i'll tell you what either you sign this confession or we're going to bring your 10-year-old son down here and torture him in front of you. Well, I'm not doing it. I don't believe you. I won't do it. Oh, okay. A couple hours later, they yank you out of your cell, and you go sit in another cell with your son or your wife or your sister or mother or father, You fill in the blank, sitting in front of you, and they do do it right in front of you. Now, I don't know about you. I would have already signed by that point. I'm not not holding out for that. They would routinely drag these guys, relatively normal people, not high-ranking government people, they would drag, if they couldn't get them to break, they'd drag them into other cells and just put a gun to the head of some cellmate either they knew or didn't know and say, okay, you confess or we're going to kill him. If you don't confess, pop, because these lives mean nothing. They'll drag you right to the next one. How much of that can the human mind withstand? So by the time the show trial comes along, There you are, you're not beaten up bloody, and there's a confession with you saying all the right things there, and they still have your son in a holding cell in case you get to the trial and decide you want to change your tune. This is not one or two government officials. This is a mass purge of the government. These same things are happening to intellectuals anywhere because the various intellectuals across the country, writers and professors and whatnot, they were the ones oftentimes most prone to speaking out against Stalin and the failures of the policies, so they were lined up and shot too. We'll get to the generals in just a moment, but I want you to understand how deep this went and why they called it such a terror. It wasn't enough to have been... Loosely associated with someone like Trotsky before. That could get you shot. A close associate with Trotsky, you're already dead. Loosely associated, I mean somebody once saw you at a party where Trotsky also was, you're dead. But it would be somebody who knew somebody who was once at a party with Trotsky, you're also dead. And your family's also dead. What I'm trying to get across to you is you don't have to do Anything even remotely wrong to be lined up against the wall and shot or taken off to the gulags in your family to picture this picture being arrested, you and your entire family tonight, knock on the door, storm in guns, flashlights, barking dogs, you wife, kids, everybody hauled out of there. Why? Because your friend Bob once met somebody who's an enemy of the president. Picture that. You didn't know. You didn't meet anyone. You didn't even know that about Bob. That's how deep it went. And the one thing, I guess the one thing you can maybe take heart in if you're looking for any sunshine in this whole thing before we get to the gulags. It's, I I almost laughed as I was reading through it and looking it up. The judges in the show trials also executed. Oftentimes the actual executioner is executed. In one case, Stalin wanted a political opponent dead, had a bunch of NKVD agents grab him up in the middle of the night, throw him in the back of a car, intentionally crash the car where they were all buckled in and he was not, so he died, and then Stalin promptly had all the NKVD agents shot, so there were no witnesses to the assassination he just did. It's that bad. Everyone dies. Everybody The killers die, the judges die, the witnesses die, your family dies, your friends die, everyone dies. And the gulags. Gulags are something that people bring up a lot. And we're about to go over the gulags as I try to wrap up this story here and go over a couple other terrible things. But understand this overall as we take just a brief step back. Communism... Communists, they don't value human life. And honestly, that's probably the easiest way to explain the religion. Human life holds no value. Remember, these people, they didn't think they were the bad guys. Stalin thought he was the good guy. Think about that. All right, we have that. We'll wrap it up. And then George Floyd Square with some crime problems. Hang on.
0: Radio Revolution, Jesse Kelly.
1: So, I had a weekend where I wasn't in town, as I've been telling you about. And you know what I discovered? If I'm away from my Eden Pure Thunderstorm, my allergies come racing back in now. I cannot tell you how much this thing has changed my allergy situation. I always, 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 for as many years as I can remember... I had to go to the pharmacy and get those allergy pills. You know all the ones you buy right off the shelf in the pharmacy. And my allergies have gotten so bad at some point, I've taken more than one a day. I know you're not supposed to do that, but I used to do that. I don't take any now. And I took it for granted, to be honest, until I was gone this weekend, and now I remember how miserable it is. If you want real relief, go get an Eden Pure Thunderstorm. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Use the code JESSE for $10 off. Jesse Kelly. Back soon. It is the Jesse Kelly Show eight seven seven three seven seven four three seven three Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Oh man, did you see? Did you see, the Virginia Department of Education is dropping all advanced math classes due to unequal representation by minority races. <laughs> we are. Uh, I am telling you. And this this actually pains me to say, because I love Virginia. If you've never been to Virginia, it's one of the most gorgeous places in the country. It's just a beautiful state. All four seasons are gorgeous. It's this really cool place. And it's like it's the birthplace, birthplace of Liberty man. That's Jefferson and Washington and all these guys. Virginia's gone. Virginia's gone. And I know they're trying to get it back, and I want them to get it back. Because the every, everywhere outside of the northern part that touches Washington, D.C., it's a blood-red state. It's some of the most conservative people you ever meet. But the, the D.C. sprawl, as people leave D.C. but still work in D.C., the D.C. sprawl has made that state a blue state now, I think, permanently. And, man, that sucks. That sucks. Because the state's a disaster. All right. We'll get to that in a minute. Don't get me distracted when I'm talking about the gulags. Keep in mind, we already talked about government officials. We already talked about intellectuals. Another huge part of Stalin's great terror was his military leadership purge. I was going to say general's purge, but that doesn't even do it justice. He had early on in the 1900s, especially after World War I, I'll say, so, you know, 1920s. This, the Russia had had its butt kicked by Germany in World War I badly. Germany embarrassed Russia. They did not perform well in World War I, to put it mildly. So they had a bunch of hotshot generals step in and modernize their military. By this point, they're one of the better militaries in the world. Stalin promptly starts sending these guys to the gulags and putting them on trial too. He's worried about the Red Army because they're the only power left that can stop him. They're the only power left that can stop him. So he purges the military leadership of generals, of the leaders at the military school, some of them, and then eventually all the leaders at his military school. He's firing and killing division commanders, corps commanders. He's taking a huge purge of his military. That's part of the reason the Soviet Union took such heavy losses early on in World War II when Hitler invaded. Because Stalin took anyone with a brain and killed him before the war. Moron. And a lot of these people are sent off to gulags. A gulag was simply this. You need to think of a gulag less of a prison, even though it was that, more like a work camp for the most part. And there were different kinds of gulags, but mostly they were work camps. You see, when you're trying to manage an economy and you're destroying an economy and people are starving and whatnot, what you really need is slaves. That's what you really need. When you don't value humans or human life, slaves become the way you're going to get by. Gulags were simply slave labor, simply free labor. It was a way to get your political opponents and actual criminals. We'll get to that in a minute. Your it was a way to get all these people out of your hair, out of society, out of the cities. Let's get let's empty out the city, cities from the riffraff and put them to good use. And what's what's great is if they die, you don't care. Go chuck them in a ditch somewhere. Give me as much corn as you can possibly get, and then die. Medical care was virtually non existent in these gulags. The food was subpar, puts it mildly. And when I said real criminals, too, maybe you read stories about the things that took place in gulags. It was awful. You remember we did that one story about the Cannibal Island gulag? Maybe the creepiest story we've ever done. I'll do that story again one day. It was too cool. But gulags, you take a political prisoner. Or an intellectual, right? the, the local college professor. Now, I realize that's not exactly a sympathetic figure anymore because our college professors are now all communists. But let's assume there's a college professor that's not. You take him, make him sign a confession at gunpoint, and you ship him off to a gulag. Because they didn't shoot all of them. They shot uh, about half of the people were the, that had to sign the confessions and do the trials. The other half, they're sending him off to gulags. You send him off to a gulag. He walks into his gulag bunkhouse and, yeah, there are certainly other political prisoners there, but there are real, real criminals here, hardened criminals. Do you have any idea the kind of criminals that will come up in a communist system where there's so much starvation and violence and things like that? Some of the most violent, vile people in the history of the world, they're there, too. And the guards, again, don't value human life. So the guys who are running the place are the criminals, are the gangs. And they'll send women to these gulags, too, housed with the men. Women who oftentimes, I I, I can't even say this, if they're lucky, if they're lucky, you know what would ha- know happen if you're one of the lucky ones? Hang on, I'll tell you.
0: Hey, Dad, your prescription will be ready in just a minute. Hey, Dad. Your laundry will be ready in just a minute. Dad, your lunch will be ready in just a minute. Hey, honey, why don't you take a minute? When you help care for a loved one, you give them as much time as you can, making sure they're safe and comfortable. But it's just as important that you take some time for yourself. At AARP, we can help with information and useful tips on how you can maintain a healthy life balance care for your own physical and mental well-being, and manage the challenges of caring for a loved one. Because the better care you take of yourself, the better care you can provide for your loved one. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. You're there for them. We're here for you. Find free care guides to support you and your loved one at aarp.org caregiving. That's aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ed Council.
1: It is the Jesse Kelly show. Do not forget this. If you miss any part of the show with me, the Oracle, you can catch the entire thing podcasted right after the show was done on iHeart and Google and Spotify and on iTunes. On iTunes. I haven't looked to see if we have any new reviews yet, but on iTunes. Subscribe. Leave a five-star rating and Leave a review talking about how handsome I am. There are like 700 of them now. And it's some of the most pants wedding funny stuff I've seen in a while. <laughs> so, I'm going to wrap up our Gulag story. We're going to talk about the Oscars. No, I'm not going to actually talk about the award show. I didn't watch any of that garbage. But again, horrible ratings. Why? What's happening in our culture? I will explain in just a moment.
0: Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Now, Republicans are attacking you, saying you shouldn't be in New Hampshire talking about infrastructure; you should be in the southern border talking about immigration. How do you respond to them? I'm not going to play political games.
1: Oh, oh, she's just the worst. <laughs> it is the Jesse Kelly Show with me, Sombrero Jesse, In Cinco de Mayo is almost upon us, Chris. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Mariachi music all show long. 877-377-4373, jesse at jessiekellyshow.com. It's also a Medal of Honor Monday. We're going to get to that about... 15, 20 minutes from now, remember, we don't do anything good or right on this show. Nothing. Absolutely nothing because I'm a bad person. But one thing all week is Medal of Honor Monday where we take a Medal of Honor citation. We read it. We remember our heroes. We remember their deeds because we must remember. If you lose any connection to the legends of the past, to, to your founding, to what made you great, Then you become what we are now, lost, completely going wherever the wind blows, and and we are not going in the right direction. All right, the gulags. But to try to wrap up this story about Stalin's great terror now, and I realize this is an ugly note, but I brought up how normal civilians were thrown in these gulags with real, real hardened criminals, murderers, thieves, rapists, so on and so forth. Women were thrown in routinely with the men. And this is an ugly way to put this, but I don't have another way to put it. The lucky women, the lucky ones, were, air fingers, quote, taken in by one of the guards. The unlucky ones taken in by all of the guards. The extremely unlucky ones taken in by the criminal gangs themselves. We're talking that could be your mom your wife your sister your daughter totally innocent because you knew a guy who knew a guy who knew one of Stalin's political opponents and they end up there think about how other people have had to exist how their lives ended it is shocking right makes you i'll tell you one of the reason i love stories like this it makes me pause and it makes me look around and count my blessings. How bad was your day really? I had one of these the other day. Just every A bunch of little stuff went wrong, but it seemed big, right? I mean, they, everything from you got, got stuck in a traffic jam and then they screwed up your order. And then something went wrong on the computer at work and they couldn't play this. Then one of the guests on TV flaked out. And by the end of it, you're thinking to yourself, man, what a crappy day. Really? Was it? Was it that bad? Think how other people have existed. Your day was just fine, wasn't it? And another part of this great terror as we wrap this up, don't forget this. The massive starvation created a huge refugee crisis within the Soviet Union where people, I mean, uh, entire areas would be starved. And they couldn't get food. This is not America. Things didn't operate like they do in America, where you just go down to go down to the piggly wiggly and get some more. That's a real grocery store, Chris. Anyway. Yes, it is. Anyway. So if a massive area is starving, they're going to leave. Well, they're going to leave and migrate towards the next area, the next town over that might have food. Well, that town isn't exactly drowning in food often either. So there are refugee wars where the refugees are trying to storm in with your family, get your food, and they can't do it. And remember I mentioned the banditry and how the crime was so bad? they would have huge gangs, almost small armies of thieves and murderers who would roam the countryside like it's some kind of Mad Max situation looking for people to prey on. We're talking real horror. Real horror. Stalin, during his collectivization phase, starved 13% of Ukraine to death. This is how they did things. They did things during the Great Terror that shocked the Nazis. There's a place in Ukraine called, I'm going to screw up this pronunciation, don't yell at me, Venezia. Venezia was a town, you can go there this day, it's supposed to be beautiful in Ukraine. But the Nazis take it over after Stalin had previously owned it during his Great Terror. They uncover a mass grave and then another mass grave. And then another, ma- and then another, ma- they eventually uncover 9,000 dead bodies, priests, lawyers, doctors, government officials. Great terror is a great way to put it. Remember this and remember this well. The people who you want in power. You had better make sure they're taking this political stuff really, really seriously. When I see things like Tim Scott working with Cory Booker on a police reform law, which I'm sure will suck. We don't have it yet, but on a police reform law, you're working with Cory Booker on a police reform law. You know what it tells me? It tells me you really do not understand how serious this game is. You don't understand... The end of this road and what it looks like and how can't you understand? We have a thousand historical stories about how bad it is when the wrong people rise to power, when they demonize their opponents, when they consider their opponents to be evil and when they don't value human life. The modern day American left does not value human life. They place no value on it at all. Don't ask me. Go look at the Planned Parenthood numbers. They don't value human life at all. And we had better start playing this game as seriously as they play it because they're in this thing all the way. All the way. All right. We have Medal of Honor Monday coming. We have that. Chris, do you have this? <laughs> do you have the voicemail? 877 377 4373. You can leave us a voicemail if you don't catch us live like this guy did.
0: Jesse, this is Adrian over in Raleigh. I just need to get in touch with you about something. You're not making much sense to me. You say that we need to get a national divorce, and I, I love the concept. It's a great thought. However, you're also the same man who preaches the fact that the communists never quit. They will never stop. They will never be satisfied and say, you know what? We don't need to go there. We cannot go our separate ways with communists that only know how to rape, ravage, and pillage. So please, oh, great oracle, help us out. Where is that balance? I really want to know. Take care, brother. Hang in there. We're going to make it through.
1: Much appreciated, my brother. And this is a great question because I get this question a lot, and it's a 100% fair criticism because he's right. I don't think for one second we are going to balkanize. You know, you and I, we pack up our stuff, we leave our communist area and we move to a red area. I don't think for a second we're going to move there and the communists are just going to look and say, oh, that's a shame. Bill left. Oh, well, they can have their stuff and we'll have our communist stuff. That's not how they think. It's a religion of destruction and domination. That's why when I say balkanize. There is more to balkanize than just moving. There is. That's actually the, the most comfortable part of this thing, and that's the part people were dreading the most. Oh, I don't want to move. I got my job. I got family. I've never moved. I've... That's the comfortable part. When you move, you can't move and just settle in. Oh, you can enjoy your white picket fence life. I'm not, I'm not judging you. You have to move. And you have to be active and purposeful when you get there to fortify the area. What does that mean? I will explain exactly what that means. And then we got Michael Matlis coming up in 15 minutes. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse.
0: When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner.